So, what we're going to do next, I'm going to try to recap every prospect that I've scouted so far on the YouTube channel. I'm going to give you the short version. So, I'm going to try and keep it to like 30 seconds or so per prospect. Uh, just give you the basic rundown. Uh, again, this is just kind of me selflessly promoting the YouTube channel. Again, check it out. Subscribe. I am putting out... I'm spending a lot of time and energy doing this. I'm legitimately spending, um, you know, an hour realistically, like, on each of these film breakdowns. I'm breaking down two, three, four prospects, like, per video. It's uh, it's all 22 films, so it's not like, you know, the... the the TV broadcast angle where it just watches the quarterback and then you it pans over to where the ball goes. Like, we're actually watching the entire, like, the routes develop and every single... We're, we're trying to focus on the prospects that I think are an interest and are worth targeting. We're finding out if they're worth targeting and just really getting an idea of, hey, how good is this guy? How does he look? Is he a fit? All that kind of stuff. Because you can only learn so much by watching a highlight and reading a little blurb on uh, those things. And don't get me wrong, I I read a lot of those blurbs. I've I've got a PFF subscription. I I read the like what is it like the Draft Network and the Pro Football Network and whatever. There's there's three or four different draft sites that I use to kind of learn about these players. But ultimately, watching them is going to give you the best idea. So, uh, and this is in no particular order. I'm just going to try and go through it all. So we're going to start out with Arizona offense, just because that is the first one on my list. So I did Arizona offense and on the offense, we watched left tackle Kellen Deesh center Donovan West and running back Rashad White. So the left tackle, Kellen Deesh, he is a, he makes it look easy. So it's the, the, the biggest concern that I have is that he doesn't look like he's big enough or strong enough to play in the NFL. He measured in at like six, six and a half, uh, 299, pretty thin, and he looks it. He looks almost like a tight end when you're watching it. But then you also watch it and you're like, wow, this guy has very good technique. He's pretty much winning every single rep. And I only was able to get all 22 of one game. And it was a low, a low level school like Southern Utah. So we're not talking they were going against Georgia or anything where he was going up against top level competition. But it just looked easy. Um I've seen him ranked in the top 100. I think he looks really good. However, what I will say is that he's exclusively played left tackle. We need a right tackle because of the McGlinchey thing. So I don't think he's necessarily a fit. If we needed a left tackle, then I would be all about picking him up uh, with like pick 61. If he was sitting there at pick 61 and we didn't have a left tackle, like if we did not have Trent Williams... I would say Kalendish could be a great pickup. Uh, just like he's athletic. He looks technically sound, all that kind of stuff. Uh, looks good, just lacking play strength. And we need a right tackle, not a left tackle. Center, Donovan West. 
Uh, he looked really good. He was a a very nimble guard. So we know that, or sorry, center. We know Shanahan really likes athletic and nimble offensive linemen because the outside zone, because, you know, you want to be quick. You want to be able to get your block, get off to the next level, so on and so forth. And that is Donovan West. Um, I think he looked great. He is, according to most accounts or most people looking like a day two prospect. I'm just going to use PFF because it's easy and I've got it pulled up on my computer. They have him ranked around 86th in terms of their, you know, big board. And I can see it. He had, he had quick hands, good technique. He didn't look like he was losing very many reps. Um, and he looked really nimble, really athletic at the center position. That is somebody that we could potentially target with a day two pick. If Alex Mack does not stick around, he also has experience at both guard positions. So you've got that, uh, offensive interior, um, flexibility there. And then the third one was Rashad White, the running back. He was solid. I think some people really liked him. I think some people liked him more than me. And the reason why I say this, they've been ranked at 150. So you're talking like, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth rounder. I didn't like... So he measured in at like 6'1", 210 pounds, so solid. He's a little bit high cut, a little bit thin. But the thing that I didn't really like with him was basically just that he seemed to want to bounce everything outside and try and win the outside edge, which doesn't always work. And in Shanahan's system, he wants a kind of one cut, get north and south guy. And I didn't see him be decisive in that sense. He seemed to want to have like smooth angles around the edge and do jump cuts to uh, evade guys and go through lanes versus just like hit the hole and fly vertical. And uh, he looks like a solid prospect, but I think he looks more like a receiver playing running back. And I don't know if that necessarily fits our scheme. Uh, moving on to Arizona. So that was the two ASU offense, uh, sorry, three ASU offensive players. Next, we have the three ASU or four ASU defensive players that I watched. So there was two corners. There was Jack Jones and Chase Lucas. There was also linebacker Darian Butler and linebacker Merlin Robertson. So we'll start off with Jack Jones. Jack Jones is his feet and his hips and his agility and his coverage are really good. Like his feet and his hips were, I was amazed watching his feet, just seeing how well he was able to move. However, he weighed in at 175 pounds at 510 and there is no way that flies in the NFL. Um, so while I like his, his feet, how, how, how well he played coverage. I thought he played good coverage. You're just not big enough. I mean, you, you, I don't think that you, you're definitely not going to play outside corner in the NFL at 5'10", 175. And in the slot, I mean, do we really want a slot that's 175? Because then you've got to take on like tight ends. You've got to take on running backs. You've got to tackle. So I just don't think he has the size. I would probably give him a, a sixth, seventh round grade maybe. Probably more like an undrafted fee agent. It's like, do you really want to spend a draft pick on a guy who's 
10 pounds undersized. Uh, Chase Lucas, I thought was solid. He measured in around 5'11", 190. Um, he was solid in coverage, not as good. He had he had good closing burst and good makeup speed. And I think he played solid just in terms of understanding zone coverages, uh, playing off zone. I thought he was very strong for his size. The biggest issue that I saw for Chase Lucas was that he seemed to struggle in transition. So like change of direction, whether it was a route break or uh, so a receiver like making a cut, breaking on a route, a double move, things like that. Sometimes he struggled and he would give up some separation. So, but then when he did lose separation, he had good enough acceleration that he could close and make a tackle. So I thought he was solid. I would probably want him most in a cover four or cover two where he has some help nearby and he's not isolated one-on-one. I just wouldn't trust him. And he might even be better in the slot. Uh, Overall, and again, I I do think that he was, he looked like he was strong for his size. For his 5'11", 190, he looked like he was strong. I would probably give him like a a fifth or a sixth round grade, probably closer to a sixth rounder. Um, But you know, like if you need some depth, it wouldn't be the worst thing. In terms, so those are the two corners. The linebackers, Darian Butler actually really liked. I really liked him. He's a little bit undersized as a linebacker, very good coverage linebacker. So he measured in at 5'11", 220, I think at the shrine at the East West Shrine Bowl. So a little bit undersized, you know, you're kind of talking like maybe Dre Greenlaw size or a little bit smaller. It's almost like a strong safety size. Uh, but really good in coverage, really good movement in coverage. He had two interceptions in the game that I saw, so he picked off the quarterback twice, just looked very, very good in coverage, really fluid mover in space. Uh, He struggled a little bit in run defense, uh, struggled getting off blocks and just being physical uh, against especially offensive linemen when they got to that second level. Uh, but overall, I really like Darian Butler. They have him listed at 232, which is, geez, like a, a sixth rounder or so. And honestly, if he was there in like the fifth or sixth round, I would say, hell yeah, I would take that. Because in terms of just wanting like an off-ball coverage linebacker, he looked pretty good. And... Again, you typically don't see a whole lot of games where a linebacker is getting two interceptions, understanding routes, reading the zones in front of him, and just moving really fluidly in space. Uh, I thought he looked really well. I would I would definitely put, uh, put down a fifth uh, or a sixth rounder if you wanted a coverage linebacker. And I think we could use some linebacker depth because Greenlaw and Al Shaheer both only have one year left on their deal. Uh, Greenlaw, one year left on the rookie deal. Al Shaheer has... Uh, he can, he's a restricted free agent, so they can put a tender on him, basically bring him back one more year on the cheap. So we're going to need some depth that's going to be around longer than last year. And the final linebacker was Merlin Robinson. PFF, they have him ranked at 255. I didn't like him as much, and it was mostly just because of the scheme fit. He looked more of like a downhill gap-filling tackler, and he looked a bit bigger. I think he was like 6'3", 240 or so. So he was noticeably bigger, but he didn't look like he was a fluid mover in space. He didn't look very good in coverage. 
he very much looked like the old school, just kind of like, here's your gap, go plug it and crush whatever's in front of you and tackle them. Uh, he's a good tackler. He's big. He's physical. He just didn't look very good moving in space. And I think he's much better as just a downhill fill the gap linebacker. And I don't think that's what the Niners could need. Um, I guess if you really want to get some linebacker depth, if you get him in the seventh round or as an undrafted free agent, he could be, could be good on special teams. You know, just having a big guy who's a good tackler is always useful. But he also didn't look like he had very much in terms of um, coverage skill. So that is Arizona State offense and defense. All right. Had to pause real quick and uh, take a call from Malede. She's on her way home now. So, on to the next team. So, Penn State defense. This was a fun one. So, Penn State had a few players that... Penn State has some really good players this year. Among them, edge rusher. Let me bring this up here real quick. Penn State. Uh, So, there was basically four or five players, I think, that I watched. Where's Penn State? Penn State, the Nittany Lions, which is funny. Cool. So their defense, uh, solid defense all around. So first off, the safety, one of the best safeties in the class, Jaquan Brisker. Uh, We also did edge rusher, Arnold Ebiketti. He's somebody who might be available in the second round. I think would be a good fit for the Niners. Um, They also had linebacker Brandon Smith. Uh, Another edge rusher, Jesse Lucetta. And a corner, Tyreek Castro-Fields. So it was a five and one. Uh, Again, this is why if you want the in-depth stuff, go to the YouTube. You'll see me break down all five of these guys throughout the process. So I'm just going to go through them real quick. Jaquan Brisker didn't watch him a whole lot, but he looked really good. He made a couple plays. Um, Again, just a really good safety If you need a safety, you're probably grabbing him in the first round. If by some crazy chance he's there for us, I would jump on that. Uh, He just looks like a really good safety. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty much that. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti, the edge rusher. I tried to watch him a lot. Very good hands. Uh, Physically, he kind of looks physically average. Uh, just in terms of like an edge rusher, pass rusher, you know, he's like 6'3", 255, 34-inch uh, long arms or whatever. So just kind of like you're a good edge build. He didn't look like he had, you know, extreme burst or extreme strength or extreme speed. He looked like he was good with all those. He didn't look like he had an extreme amount of flexibility and bend, but it was definitely good. Where he won, though, was his hands. Really good hands. He was constantly winning with his hands, and he was beating the left tackle nonstop. Uh, also, good mover in space whenever they would like stunt him or blitz him or whatever. He primarily played defensive end, but occasionally he was playing an outside linebacker role. Uh, but overall, Arnold Ebiketti, uh just really good edge rusher. All he does is win his reps. And, you know, you're talking really good hands, physically... Again, I, would, I wouldn't say there's anything physically that really wows you, but the fact that he's just winning almost every single rep, 
I mean, what more do you really want from a guy that wins pretty much every single rep? So Arnold Bicchetti, uh really good. If he's available in the second round, I say run up, you know, r- run that card in if he's sitting there at 61. Uh, there was also the linebacker, Brandon Smith. Didn't really like him. Uh, flies around the field, but just missed tackle after missed tackle and bad tackling technique. And if you're a linebacker, you need to be able to tackle. Uh, it also didn't even necessarily look like he was great in coverage. It more just looked like he was a, a fly around and try and hit a guy kind of player. Um, so I can see why some people might like him. But I think that uh, he's a little overrated because he was a five-star recruit and not necessarily because he is a great linebacker. Uh, moving on to the other edge, uh, Jesse Lucetta. Jesse Lucetta was, uh, he's interesting because he's an edge defender, but he, he can't pass rush. Like he is a average at best pass rusher. I think he measured into the senior bowl around, it was like six, two or six, three, two sixty. So solid size. Let me actually look it up here. Control F Lucetta. Yeah, 6'2", 260, uh, 33-inch long arms. So, again, solid size. Really, really, really good run defender. And it was so weird because he was so good at defending the run, uh, scraping over, you know, scraping over the line, uh, getting through traffic, making the tackle, tackles for loss. I, I think I saw a half dozen just really impressive run stops. But he only had like one or two sacks all season. Whereas Arm- Ar- uh, Ebiketti had, jeez, uh, Ebiketti coming in at 6'2", 250, he had like 10 plus sacks this last season. So very, very strange. You know, you just, you've got this guy who just physically, it makes sense and you see it. Eight sacks for Abiketti with uh, 32 hurries on the season. Am I not logged in? Apparently I'm not logged into my PFF. That's weird. Um, but yeah, Lucetta, it's like Lucetta had a freaking... He had one sack this season. And over the last three seasons, he's had one total sack. So just... Just very weird, um, but really good run defender. Again, he was getting run stops, tackles for loss. Uh, just overall, just just weird. Um, but again, you know, he's a guy where maybe he's sitting there in the fifth round and you're like, you know what? He's athletic enough. He doesn't necessarily win with, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily win in terms of pass rushing, but He's a good he's a good enough mover that we think that we can scheme open some stuff. We can coach him up. He's got the size that we want and everything, so we think that we can work with it. Um, but really good run run defender, but not a good pass rusher. And then moving on to the corner, um, and again, these are all just like one game sample sizes. And I will say that with, um, let me adjust this because I had to log in. 
I will say, Tyreek Castro-Fields, he didn't have necessarily a good game. I thought he just looked okay. I thought he got beat too many times. Um, he didn't wow me, really, and he didn't really stand out on the film, which kind of surprised me because he looked really, really good in uh, at the Senior Bowl with those one-on-one reps. Tyreek Castro-Fields really impressed me because I was like, who the heck is this guy? He looks really good. I think what it is is that Tyreek Castro-Fields is at his best in press man coverage because he looked he looked awkward in an off-zone coverage. So I think that uh, Tyreek Castro-Fields needs to be a man corner and he needs to learn how to play zones uh, because he didn't look great in the game that I watched um, and he looked so good at the Senior Bowl and you'd expect him to look... You'd expect in the Senior Bowl, you're up against some of the best competition, you know, other legitimate NFL prospects. So it's just kind of strange. I was expecting more from Tyreek Castro-Fields, but, you know, it is what it is. Let's move on to Alabama defense. Now, this one was fun. And wow. So there was a lot of guys who were there. The main guys that I focused on, there was two corners. So, Josh Job, and then the other one is Jalen Armour Davis. For some reason, this guy is not getting the hype that I think he deserves because he stood out. And when I watched him, I was like, this guy is the best corner on the field. And it wasn't even close. Uh, so Josh Job, Jalen Armour Davis, uh, also watched the defensive tackles, uh, Fidarian Mathis, probably pronouncing that wrong, and DJ Dale. So I'll start off with the corners. Josh Job measures in around 5'11", 190. He is very much, he reminded me a lot of watching, um, uh, who was it? We just drafted him. Um, Demo, Demo Lenore. So uh, a little bit undersized, like a, a physical, aggressive, hard hitting tackler who's maybe lacking a little speed, lacking a little bit in the movement, change of direction, but you love the physicality. And Josh Job, I think, is that similar kind of mold where you might be able to play him outside, but ideally, I think his best role is in the slot. I think he'd be a great slot just in terms of uh, how how physical, aggressive, downhill uh, he gets because it was like every single rep he was jamming and he was just like, you know, come at me. So I really liked uh, the way that he played in terms of that. And just as a heads up, I didn't really watch linebacker Kristen Harris. Um, I don't really think that's somebody that we're going to target that early in the draft is you know, a top 50 linebacker, uh, which a lot of people have him as a a day two linebacker. I just don't think that that makes sense. Much rather go in like the, you know, fourth, fifth round or whatever. But anyway, so that's Josh Job. Now, Jalen Armour Davis. Wow. Um, I really liked him. I was watching him and I was like, this guy looks, and I haven't studied the top five corners, But this guy looks like one of the better corners in this class. And I don't know why he's not getting as much hype. 
I've seen the highest that I've seen him on a draft board is around 130 and other places have him down in like the 200 or lower range, uh, like closer to like 180. So you're talking like a fourth to sixth rounder. Um, the only thing that I can think of is uh, that his freshman year, he had a season ending injury week two. So he didn't play his freshman year. Uh, his second year, so last year, he was a rotational player because he was stuck behind Pat Sertain. And then this year was basically his first full year as a starter. But this game that I saw, he looked awesome. Just the movement skills, the ideal size. He looked like he was just over six foot, right around 195, 190. Really fluid movement, great feet, great hips, just like patient at the line. Whenever somebody would break, he was right on them, just like in their hip pocket, dick to hip, tight coverage. He had an interception in the game. I think he had three interceptions on the season, uh, along with some pass breakups. And just, I think that he would be a steal if the Niners were able to pick him up in like the fourth round because he looked so good in coverage. It was he would line up and press, and he usually wouldn't jam, but sometimes he did jam. And when he did jam, he was he had a, a nice, accurate, quick jam. And when he didn't jam, he was really patient and press and just waited. And then as soon as they moved, he trusted his physical ability to just stick right with the guy. And he would stick right with the guy, just like on like glue to him throughout the process. So Really impressed with Jalen Armour Davis. So overall, Jalen Armour Davis just, he really impressed me just in his understanding of defense, his patience at the line, his ability to mirror guys, stick with guys. He jammed sometimes, but he didn't rely on it. He looked comfortable in man. He looked comfortable in zone. Overall, to me, he looked like the perfect outside corner for what you want. Just over six foot, good length, great agility, comfortable in zone, comfortable man. I love him. As far as I'm concerned, this is a second round prospect. Uh, just from what I've seen, yet for some reason he's viewed as like a fourth to sixth round prospect. So I don't know why. The only thing I can think of is injury freshman year, backup sophomore year, and this is his first year starting. And I think he like tweaked his hip and couldn't play like the final game or two of the season. So, you know, maybe it's the injury thing and that is a legitimate concern, but what I saw on tape, it really wowed me and I'm going to be doing some more film study on him because I loved him. I've got for me a second round grade. Maybe it'll be a third round, but still pretty good. So Jalen Armour Davis Second or third round grade for me. I uh, highly encourage you to watch the video because he stood out and I was thoroughly impressed. Josh Job, um, probably fourth, fifth, probably a little bit closer to a fifth maybe than a fourth, maybe a late fourth, especially if you want a guy that can maybe play slot. Um, let's see here. Fidarian Mathis, he had a pretty good senior bowl. And he came in at like 6'3", 295-ish. 
and he looked like he moved really well along the defensive line. He lined up at a lot of different formations, everything from uh, like the five, the five technique where he was basically heads up on a tackle all the way to nose. And just overall looked like really athletic and moved really well with a high motor for a defensive lineman. Um, a lot of places have him as a top 100 prospect in like the uh, third round range. Some people might have him higher, maybe a little bit lower. I think if you want a versatile, a really versatile defensive tackle that you can move around the inside, that's athletic enough to do stunts and things like that, that can pass rush with a high motor, with enough athleticism to chase down the outside runs, I think he could be a good fit. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a fit for the Niners, but if you're looking for a versatile defensive tackle in, uh, you know, in day two, I think he'd be a good option. And then the final guy was DJ Dale. Uh, he came in about the same size, something around you know, 6'4", 300-ish. Didn't really see anything that I liked. He didn't really stand out or pop at all. He kind of just looked like a guy on the defensive line. I don't remember him really doing a whole lot of winning of reps or anything. So overall, just okay. Um, I think he's ranked somewhere around like a sixth or seventh round prospect. So I wasn't sure what I was going to see. I was hoping to see more, but unfortunately, wasn't really all that impressed by anything. So that was Alabama defense. Let's move on to Kentucky offense. So the Kentucky offense was fun. And wow, I've been trying to find centers that can legitimately play center that could be an option for the Niners. And I think I found one. And that is, where's Kentucky? Where is Kentucky? There we go. Kentucky Wildcats. Center Luke Fortner out of Kentucky. Unfortunately, Darian Kennard was not in the game film that I watched. Darian Kennard is the right tackle at Kentucky. So he wasn't playing, but Luke Fortner was playing and I loved it. I loved watching him. It was him. And then we also had the wide receiver Wandale Robinson in that film. So this was on the Kentucky offense. Now, Luke Fortner measures in, let me get his official measurements here uh, since I have them pulled up. Luke Fortner comes in at 6'3", 300 pounds with 33-inch long arms. Perfect. Perfect center, size, length, weight, especially in a Shanahan system. And what I really liked was not only did he look pretty good in his pass protection. I think the entire game that I watched, and again, we're talking, this was like an hour and a half long film breakdown. It was pretty ridiculous. I actually had an hour of all 22. And when you add in commentary and rewatch, this was like an hour and a half long. It was stupid. And I was like, I can't believe how long this is going. The entire game, I think I only saw him lose three reps. And... I think in the first quarter of the game, he was just straight up ragdolling guys where there was a guy coming at him and he would just stonewall him, throw him to the ground and then fall on him. And that happened like four times. I was like, dude, this guy's dominating. And then you see him on some zone rushing plays and you see him 
get the snap off, get his first block real quick, hit his guy, hand off the block to, you know, the next person in the zone blocking scheme, so like a guard, get to the second level, and then hit his blocker. So he looked really powerful. He looked like he had a really good anchor uh, against the run. Uh, Quick off the snap, quick getting on his initial block, quick getting to... His second blocked. He looked good handing off. I didn't see him lose very many pass rush reps. Again, I think I legitimately only saw him lose like three reps the entire game. And other than that, he was just dominant and ragdolling guys. It was awesome. I loved it. He was picking up blitzes. He was communicating. If you watch an entire game and your center only has three bad plays... That is a very, very, very good game. So really like Luke Fortner. I uh, I had read up a little bit about him uh, just in terms of some basic stuff. You know, height, weight, the, his measurements were way off. They had him listed at like 6'6", and then when he measured in, his official size was 6'3". So that's fine. Um, but yeah, really liked Luke Fortner. I think a lot of places have him ranked as a third or fourth round center prospect. And I love it there. Now, the way that I would kind of, the difference that I would say between Fortner and, um, the difference between Fortner and West. So ASU Donovan West versus Luke Fortner of Kentucky, I think the main difference is that Donovan West looked a lot more agile moving in space, whereas Fortner looked stronger and more dominant and nasty, if that makes sense. So Donovan West was better in space, more agile. I think he had uh, probably quicker feet, quicker hands. Luke Fortner looked like he was uh, stronger, more powerful. He was also good at, you know, getting a block, getting to the next block, anchoring well against a bull rush and picking up stunts and things like that. But I don't think he was quite as athletic. So I would expect that on things like the three cone, you're probably going to see Donovan West do a little bit better than Fortner, but I really liked the Fortner film. If you're looking at a center prospect day two, early day three, highly recommend checking him out because I was legit just like laughing my ass off just watching this guy throw linebackers and defensive linemen on the ground and just fall on them. It was it was awesome. Uh, wide receiver Wandale Robinson didn't really like him. His uh, I think his measurements are kind of the same kind of ecology exaggeration measurements because he is uh, listed quote unquote at 511 185. He looks like he's a shade under 5'10 and about 180. So I think they did the same thing with uh, Fortner where they list him at 6'6", even though he's 6'3". Wandale Robinson is probably closer to 5'9 than 5'11". And he's probably closer to 175 than 185. Um, that being said, he had some uh, some shifty movement skills. He has some athleticism. I saw him get vertical. Um, I saw him get wide open a couple times. He can create separation. However, he was severely lacking in strength, and I think that he's more of a gadget player than he is a true wide receiver, at least from what I saw in this film. He has put up crazy numbers this year. I think he had 
let me uh, let me pull his stats up here because Wandale Robinson had 1300 receiving yards this season, which is crazy. And he is very shifty. He had 22 forced missed tackles this season, but he primarily played out of the slot. So there's a lot of slot, a lot of screen, a lot of, hey, catch it and create on your own. Uh, again, shifty, he can get open, but I didn't, I didn't quite see enough that would give me confidence in somebody who's lacking that much size. So I like him. I don't love him. Again, there's a lot of people talking like, hey, a third rounder, give or take. Um, I don't think I would take him with a third rounder. I think there's other wide receivers I would rather spend a third round pick on. And I think that we have enough gadgety players that I want more of a, I want more of a, I want a more defined role than a, a gadgety slot uh, type of receiver, if that makes sense. So that's Kentucky offense. Moving on to Kentucky defense, we had Josh uh, Pascal. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's P-A-S-C-H-A-L. So maybe it's Paschal or Pascal. I'm just going to call him Josh Pascal. He is uh, a big end. He is listed at 6'4", 278, I think. 6'3", 278. So he is big. And... He is very much a power end, a power rusher. He's much, he's more of a run defender than a pass rusher. And I think that also shows up in his grades. He, uh, according to PFF, had a 90 run grade versus an 80 pass rush grade and a very high run stop rate and not a great pass rush win rate. So better, I would say that he is kind of one of these versatile defensive ends that you can line up at a lot of different positions on the line. When you're talking about a guy who's 6'3", 275, he can kind of play a big end and anchor really well with leverage to set the edge. He's not necessarily going to win the pass. So it's probably somebody where you're going to maybe rotate him on base downs at defensive end. And then maybe he can rush inside if he can develop some moves. I didn't really see very much in the way of pass rush moves from him, which was a little bit disappointing. It was more just effort plays. And to be fair, you know, in the NFL, a lot of the times you're going to win just from effort plays. The other thing that I will say is while he's not the best pass rusher and while he's a better run defender, and while he didn't necessarily flash elite athleticism or elite anything, he looked like a good athlete for his size. And at 6'3", 275, you can pretty much put him anywhere on the defensive line and he's good enough that he can probably work his way into rotation. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a star, but if you want a rotational defensive lineman that you can line up at three technique, five technique, seven technique, maybe rush at nose every once in a while, just somebody that you can rotate through the guys that you pick up with like a third rounder, then yeah, you know, he's worth it. Um, I think that that'd be a good fit. I don't necessarily think he's the fit for the Niners. I think they have enough of those guys who are kind of big ends that rush from the inside. And I didn't see quite enough pass rush from him. So I don't think he's a fit. 
But if you want to, if you want a run stopping defensive end who can potentially rush from the inside and work as a D line rotational piece, he looks solid. All right, we're getting through it. Only four more. So LSU, LSU was fun. I did their defense. Let me pull up LSU. Where are you at? Yeah, LSU was fun. So. Uh, Derek Stingley, didn't watch him. He's probably going to be a top 10 pick, so didn't really pay attention. What I did watch was Neil Farrell Jr., defensive tackle, nose tackle, uh, cornerback Cordell, Cordell Flott, who decided to declare a year early, so he's coming out as a junior, and linebacker Damone or Damon Clark. <laughs> if you can hear my dog, uh, my puppy is squeaking her little... Is that your duck? Are you chewing on your duck? My doggy's got a little duck she's chewing on. Yeah, so those are the three guys that I watched in the LSU film. So Neil Farrell Jr., I love him. He is uh, He's ranked fairly highly, according to PFF. They have him all the way up at 78, which is pretty high for a nose tackle. And I'm talking a legit nose tackle. We're talking, let me pull up his measurements here, but I think he's like 6'3", 330. F-A-R, there we go. Neil Farrell Jr. So he measured in at 6'3", 328. So he is a legit nose tackle. And I really liked him. If you need just a run-stuffing nose tackle... He's perfect. I think the thing that impressed me the most watching Neil Farrell Jr. was every single snap, he was the fastest guy off the snap. It was it was ridiculous. It was every time the ball was snapped, he was already like a half yard out of his step. According to PFF, his run defense grade was a 90. So elite run defender. Uh, he primarily was lining up in the A gap and the B gap. So again, you're talking like nose technique, three technique, pretty much just exclusively is going to be playing on the inside. Uh, he was noticeably large on the film. Every single time I was like, whoa, big guy. That's Neil Farrell. So he is big. He is thick. He will anchor. He will not give up an inch in the run game. He was holding up great against double teams. Uh, he didn't get a whole lot of push, but again, he was so fast off the snap that it was it was just impressive because I would literally freeze frame. He would already be like a, a half a yard into the offensive line and the other guys were just getting out of their snaps, like still on the line. Meanwhile, he was a half, he had a half yard of penetration. So Neil Farrell Jr. Um, I loved it. I, I had a lot of fun watching Neil Farrell Jr. I think that, I think defensive tackles and especially run stuffers typically don't go highly in the draft. And because he's not a high sack producer, I think that he's not going to go highly in the draft. He only had one sack this season. He's only had four sacks over the last three years. So he's definitely not a pass rusher. But this is what I'm thinking is if we are not able to bring back DJ Jones, 
Neil Farrell Jr. is pretty much available in every single one of my mock drafts in the fourth round. So obviously these are going to get updated with like current data and whatnot. But if Neil Farrell Jr. is available in the fourth round and we don't have DJ Jones, dude, pick this guy up, have him play the same role. He is a fast off the line, run stuffing, anchors against the run, make him plays, bowling ball in the middle. And uh, I loved it. Just like bring on the thickness. So that was Neil Farrell Jr. And just typically you wouldn't think that like a defensive tackle is like fun to watch, but he was fun to watch. Just watching him just fire off the line every single time he was the first guy off the line. It was awesome. Uh, Cordell Flock corner. So a little undersized. He, I think he's listed at, let me pull this up. Somewhere around 5'11", 170, or, geez, 6'1", 165. I don't know if that's right. Point being, though, uh, right around 6'170", so pretty thin. Um, He almost exclusively played slot corner at LSU. So he's coming out a year early. I thought he played well. However, I don't know if that would be an ideal... I don't know if he would be a fit for us. Uh, he looked good. He looked like he had a good coverage grade. Uh, looked like he was good in coverage. According to PFF, he's got an 84 coverage grade, which is solid. Uh, passer rating against this year was only a 72. So again, that's good. And I thought that he played well. I thought that he had a good game. He looked like he played well. Um, I don't really have any complaints other than he seems like a little small. And... I mean, he's not ideal, but if you want a good coverage slot, I could see it. I just think my biggest concern is he didn't look like he was physical enough in the in the run game. And we demand a lot from our slot corners against the run. And the lack of size being listed at 165. I'm curious to see what he looks like at the combine in terms of his measurements. Because if he comes in at like 5'11", 180 and still puts up really good numbers... That's a lot different, and I think that deserves a second look versus somebody somebody being listed at 6'1", 170 and playing slot corner. I think that's just way too frail uh, to be a slot corner. Even Kwan Williams is something around 5'9", 180, so he's a little shorter, but he's thicker and stout, and he's very good against the run. Cordell Flott, I liked his coverage, And he looks like he's a good cover corner, but just lacking the size and exclusively playing the slot, not necessarily what I want. Although he would hold up uh, probably better against uh, things like slot fades. And the final guy at LSU's defense was Damon Clark or Damone Clark, linebacker. This guy just flies around. And there was one play that really stood out just in terms of showing off his his speed, athleticism, and motor. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he chased a guy down 70 yards down the field and from the far hash to attempt a tackle, and the guy ended up getting the touchdown, and I don't remember who it was, but he nearly tackled him at the one-yard line, and we're talking a 70-yard across the field from the far hash 
tackle at the one yard line. It was like, wow, this guy, effort, energy, speed, he's got it. Um, I don't think he's perfect. He needs to work on just a couple things. Um, but he flies around the field and he's athletic. Again, I don't think that it's necessarily the best fit for the Niners, but at 6'3", 240, with the movement skills and the speed that he has, it was awesome. Um, Yeah, I, I think it's just... I don't know what it was. Something was missing. It seemed like maybe he just didn't always have the right pursuit angle or he wasn't quite able to get the play. But, I mean, just a guy that can fly around on the field, absolutely. And if you can just hone a couple of those things, I think he's got the ability to be a really good off-ball coverage linebacker. So, yeah, that was Damone Clark. Fun to watch. I would probably give him a fourth-round grade. If we were going to draft him, I probably wouldn't draft him until, like, the fifth round just because, again, I don't think that we need a linebacker. We have three good ones and three good ones under contract for another year. But at the same time, if he's available in the fifth round, like, hell yeah, if he's there, snag him, you know? All right, let's go on to Cincinnati. So Cincinnati, I watched their offense and I watched their defense. We'll do the offense first because it's going to be shorter. So on the Cincinnati offense, there was two players that I wanted to watch. I wasn't really interested in the quarterback because we are not drafting a quarterback. What I was interested in, where the heck is Cincinnati? There we go. The Bearcats, which totally makes sense because a bear can be a cat and whatnot. So what I was interested in seeing was the running back, Jerome Ford, and the wide receiver, Alec Pierce. I am very curious to see what Alec Pierce runs in the combine as far as speed and 40. And if you're hearing some interesting sounds in the background, my dog has a food toy where she has to knock it over and then it spills out a little handful of food. So the way that she eats her dinner is by throwing this little bouncy toy on the ground until it spits out some food on the floor and then she eats it. So it's adorable. And I've got a four month old pit bull puppy and she's just smacking a toy around and eating food nuggets out of it. (laughs) So, um, that's what that, uh, that funny shaking sound is. Alec Pierce though, uh, unfortunately didn't really have a chance to see very much Jerome Ford in the film that I watched. He just didn't get very many carries. He had one run that looked really good. I just really didn't get a chance to see him, so I'm going to try and watch some more of it. He looked solid. He looked like a guy that if you pick him up on day three, he'll be able to produce. Uh, But beyond that, I don't really know what else I would tell you other than Jerome Ford looks like he can play NFL running back. As far as how good he'll be, I don't know. Uh, That Cincinnati team was really good, and... Yeah, I I don't really know what else to say. He looked solid. He looked like a solid running back prospect, um, but I think he only had a couple carries in that game. Now, the receiver, Alec Pierce, was a fun watch. Now, what I saw from Alec Pierce, and let me do the same thing where I bring up his measurements because he has legit size. Where is he? Where's Alec Pierce? There we go. 
Alec Pierce at the Senior Bowl measured in at a legit 6'3", 208 pounds, with 32 point with 32 and 5 eighths inch long arms. That is really good size at a wide receiver. So what I saw watching him, he seems to me like what his what he is best at is adjusting to the ball, releases, body control, and intermediate route running. Uh, so he had some really good releases. He had some really, really good footwork, especially on his brakes. I was really impressed at the how good his feet were on his brakes, his ability to get open on uh, route breaks and cuts. And he looked like he was really good with his body control and getting the ball. So he didn't let the ball come to him. The ball was thrown his direction, but he was so good at adjusting his body, concentrating and making the catch, even if there was contact there. So if you want an intermediate route running possession wide receiver, I think he is perfect for that. He is pretty much ranked as a day two wide receiver. So you're looking, let's see, what's PFF? PFF has him ranked as 76th overall. So again, you're talking, you know, a mid, a mid second rounder to maybe a late third rounder. I'd be surprised if he isn't picked up by the end of the third round because he looks like he can play. He's got the size. He looks like he has good releases good route breaks. He can get open. And again, good job adjusting to the catch concentration. Um, didn't have very much in the way of like drop issues that I remember seeing. And overall, I just, I thought he played very well. The only issue and the thing that annoyed me, and it wasn't even necessarily something that annoyed me about him. It was about the offense. He only ran like three routes and I was really hoping that I would see a variety of more routes, but it was like every single route was either he took an inside release and then he had like a dig route or an in breaking route, or he was running like an outside fade or it was like a quick slant. And that was pretty much all the routes that he ran. Or maybe he would run like a, like a 10 yard hitch curl or whatever. But like, that was pretty much it. I don't remember seeing a post. I don't remember seeing a corner. I don't remember seeing like a comeback route. I don't remember seeing like a whip route um, or like crossers. It was pretty much just like dig route, fade route, slant, hitch. And I was really, damn Nala, you got those, you got that food everywhere. Way to go. <laughs> Jackpot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like he... He looked so good running those routes that I was like, why do they only have four routes in the playbook for you? Do, do you, does this, is this offense just too simple to where you can't run a corner or you can't run a post or you can't run a whip or, you know, some type of other route. I really want to see more variety in the routes because he looked so good with his route running. I know it's a lazy comparison, but Adam Thielen, you know, like, that 6263 white receiver who's a really good possession receiver that's really great intermediate he's probably going to be a great red zone threat 
I don't think he's ever going to be like a number one receiver, but I think he can be a solid number two in the NFL. And I really liked him. And you're probably hearing the butt here, but I don't think he's a scheme fit for what the Niners need and what Shanahan likes. Alec Pierce does not create additional yardage on his own after the catch. So what he's really good at is getting off the line, running a route, catching the ball. What he's not good at is creating yards after the catch. And that's what Shanahan really likes because Shanahan can scheme guys open. So while I really liked Alec Pierce and I love his route running and his footwork and his concentration, the way he adjusts to the ball and everything, I don't think he's a good fit. Um, That's just me, you know, hypothesizing. Uh, He looks like a day two wide receiver, you know, second, third round receiver. I just don't think he's a good fit for the offense. So that was the Cincinnati offense. Next is the Cincinnati defense. And then the final one we have is North Dakota State University. Uh, And then I'll double check the YouTube to make sure I'm accurate and I got all of them. So Cincinnati's defense was interesting because we had uh, Ahmad Gardner, who, again, I didn't really watch because he's probably going in the top 20. And I don't think we'll have a chance. Uh, Maijai Sanders, the edge. Also, there was the corner, Kobe Bryant, and the safety, Brian Cook. So, Ahmad Gardner, didn't really have a chance to watch him. If you want to, again, the YouTube, it's all 22, so you can watch him. He's on there. Uh, I was mostly focusing on the other three guys. So, Edge, Maijai Sanders. Now, Maijai Sanders, I wanted to like him more than I did, And I think the reason why I say this is because to me, he looked like he looked like somebody who had really good bend, really good athleticism and all the traits that you want in a pass rusher. But what I didn't see was the burst off the line as a 4-3 edge that we use. It seemed like most of the reps that he was doing, he was rushing as like a 3-4 outside linebacker uh, in terms of like as a stand-up rusher, and he would more just kind of like run up to the guy and then try and win with his hands. And it never seemed like he was really trying to win with speed, even though he has the speed. It didn't look like he was trying to win with bend around the edge even though he has the bend around the edge. It didn't look like he was firing off the line. It looked like he was more standing up, trying to hand fight, and then like trick his way around the defensive lineman. And what we know from Kosarek, the defensive line coach, is he likes guys to fire off the line and just just fire out of their stance. And I didn't really see that. And it could just be that it wasn't a good game that he played. Um, But I just, I wasn't really impressed. He also, this year, I'm looking at his PFF right now, kind of inconsistent. He had a lot of games that were average, right around 70. He had one game that was extremely dominant. And then he had a couple below average games. So 
if you take away the extremely dominant game that he had against, I don't even know who that is. Um, if you take away the one dominant game, then his PFF grades, he was rating between 55 and 75, which is okay. But that's not an elite edge rusher. I think he has the physical tools to get there, but I also think he's going to be a project. And I think he's more suited as a 3-4 outside linebacker that rushes the passer versus what we need, which is a 4-3 defensive end edge rusher. Uh, but again, very athletic, uh, great movement skills. He has the size, the length, the speed. Maybe not the size because he only measured in at the senior bowl. At Let me see here. M Y J there we go. He only measured in at 242 pounds, which is pretty small for a defensive end. And his arm length, 33 inches and a quarter is a little on the short side. So I don't know if he's necessarily a fit for the Niners. I wanted to like him more. I still think he's good, but I think that if you do draft him and you draft him in the second round, you're going to have to accept that he's probably not going to be as good as he could be until probably his third year. I think his second year or his third year is when he would make a big difference. I don't think that you can expect to draft him in the second round and get a lot out of him. Um, but again, that's just what from I saw. Let me take a drink of water. My throat's getting kind of sore. <clears throat> That was my Jai Sanders. Um, let's go to the corner. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant looks solid. Kobe Bryant looked like me, looked to me like, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. He looked to me like somebody who's very technically sound, but he's going to be a fringe starter at the NFL level. And what I mean by that is he didn't look like he was really ever beat and he looked like he was pretty much always knew his assignment. He was on his guy, but he didn't flash in any one particular way. I think that he is kind of a veteran in terms of a college player. He's played a lot of football in college and he's solid. You know, his measurements are fine. Let me look up Kobe Bryant, what he had in the senior bowl. You know, you're talking 6'1", 190 pounds, shorter arms, 30 inch arms is a little bit of a worry. Uh, the good news is that he, while he did a line in press, he, uh, he didn't necessarily rely on jam, like jamming guys. He mostly just mirrored and played an off zone coverage. And as far as how he played this year, Kobe Bryant had a really good year in college. We're talking 85 coverage grade, 12 forced incompletions, three interceptions this season, four last year. I mean, he's had seven interceptions over the last two years in college, pass breakups, good coverage grade. Um, I think it's just he's missing something physically that makes me wonder how he'll hold up in the NFL against that higher level of competition. So while he plays very well, 
I question his traits. And I think that I think that if he has a really good combine, that'll do a, a really that'll do a lot for his draft stock. If it turns out that he goes out of the combine and he runs a mid four four forty, um, with like a really good shuttle and you know a really good three cone, then I think that's a win, and I think we see his draft stock go up. It's just right now he looks like he's only an average athlete by NFL standards. And that makes me, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was like, he did everything right, but there's just, there's something missing there. And I don't know what it is. It might be the length. It might be the speed, might be the athleticism, or maybe just, it was boring. And it was boring because he was always covering his guy and they didn't really throw the ball his way. So maybe that is a good thing. Maybe he just is that good. And to be fair, they pretty much left him on his own. What have you got? Did you get inside the bag and rip out the plastic piece? Okay. Yeah, again, they pretty much left him on his own. And we're like, hey, we trust you. You don't need help over the top. We trust you to... And not only that, but he was playing field corner. So he was playing the field corner where there was the most space to cover. He didn't have help over the top. And the Cincinnati defense trusted him to do that. And he was a solid outside third cover three press bail corner. And I think that if you want a press bail off zone cover three corner that you know, he's probably never going to be your number one, but if you need a number two corner, I think that he could be a good fit. Um, he's not necessarily looked at as a high draft pick, but again, you know, he was just, he was so technically sound and he wasn't beat. So maybe he's just that good and I'm not seeing it. That's just kind of my thoughts. I think he's just missing the high end athleticism. I think if he was a little taller, a little bit longer, and a little bit faster, he would be a lot higher on draft boards. But unfortunately, he's just lacking a little bit of length and a little bit of speed. And I think that's why he's looked at as a uh, kind of third round prospect or fourth round prospect versus being a first or second round prospect. So that is Kobe Bryant. And then the last guy on Cincinnati defense was Brian Cook. Safety really liked this guy. So Brian Cook, let me look up Cook here. Was he at the Senior Bowl? He wasn't. Okay, let's check out the Shrine. Um, so Cook, were you at the Shrine? He was not at the Shrine either. Okay, cool. So Brian Cook is listed at six one two ten, and I really liked him. I really liked him. I think his best role is as a split field safety, or and a box safety. So he looked like he was good in coverage. I loved his downhill aggression. Uh, I loved his uh, playing the run, firing in, hitting guys. It was great. Um, yeah, overall, I really liked Brian Cook. I think that this is a pretty good safety class. There's a lot of guys that I hadn't have I haven't had a chance to actually film watch, so I haven't had a chance to watch Jalen Petrie. Haven't had a chance yet to watch uh, Kirby Joseph or 
uh, Nick Cross. Those are some guys that I want to watch. But Brian Cook, I like him. I think that he is somebody that if if we end up doing something different in the second round, at the end of the third round, if Brian Cook is there, I think that would be a great option with our end of the third round pick or our comp pick at the end of the third. He's kind of that not quite a strong safety, not quite a free safety, but he can kind of do a little bit of everything, can play that cover two role. He can play in the box. He can rotate either way. You probably don't want him up high. He doesn't have the elite speed, the elite athleticism, the elite coverage skills, but he looks really good all around. And if you just want a really good all around safety, who looks like he'll be able to play in the NFL, I say go for it. Um, I'd probably put him as around a third round prospect. I'm going to have to watch some other safeties, but overall I liked him. I thought he played well and I was a fan. I was a fan. It was uh, it was a good film watch and he was a fun guy to watch. PFF has him ranked as 101 on the draft board. So uh, yeah, right there around the end of the third round, early fourth, obviously depending on scheme fit and everything, but I think he's a scheme fit. I think he's a need fit, and if we're looking for a safety at the end of the third round, I think that could be a really good option. I'm probably going to watch some more of him now that I think about it. I just realized that I forgot about Tennessee, and how can you forget about Tennessee? Before we get into Tennessee, we're going to go over North Dakota State University. Trey Lance's alma mater, NDSU. I did NDSU offense. I wasn't able to get all 22. So what I did was I found uh, two or three games. And typically, if I can't find all 22, I'll just search like NDSU offense versus. And then it'll bring up some games where it just shows the offense. And then, you know, glean what you can from that. But NDSU offense, it was fun. And we were taking a look at a few guys. Christian Watson, obviously, wide receiver. Where are we? North Dakota State, the Bison. So North Dakota State University, Christian Watson, wide receiver. We've all heard about him. He had an amazing senior bowl. He's big. He's fast. He's really athletic. Measured in at 6'4", 211, I think, with good size arms. Let's take a look here. Watson. There we go. Christian Watson, 6'4", 211, 32 and three-quarter inch long arms with 10-inch hands. So he is a big outside wide receiver. Now, I watched him. I also watched the right tackle, Cordell Volson, and uh, the tight end, I think Josh Babix was the guy. So Christian Watson, though, was an interesting watch. I'm really bummed out that I didn't have all 22 because I'd really like it. It's a lot easier to see how guys are running routes when you have the all 22. So you can actually see them running routes versus half the time only seeing them release. And then if the ball's thrown their way, see what they're doing. So I didn't get a really good view. What I saw was... Really, really, really impressive movement skills and flexibility and body control. The amount of agility and athleticism that Christian Watson has at 6'4", 210 pounds is 
incredible. It's just, it's ridiculous the way that he's able to move uh, in terms of his releases, his lower body flexibility, his ability to turn and weave through traffic. Um, they gave him balls on jet sweeps and he, they literally just hand off the ball to him and let him weave his way through. And he looks like he has legit deep speed. I don't know what he's going to run at the combine. That's going to be really fun. We've heard some people say he could run a sub 4-4. Four, four. I think that might be a little bit exaggerated, but in my opinion, if he runs a low 4-4, four, four, that's a huge win, especially just at that size. He's got the movement skills to win on the outside, the speed to win on the outside, the size to win on the outside, the agility and the vertical to go up and get it. He's got the body control to box out guys. Um, overall, just, I was extremely impressed by his traits. Unfortunately, I didn't really have a chance to watch his routes, so I couldn't see how he was running his routes and route breaks in terms of getting open. What I did notice is it seemed like he was primarily getting open when he was running in between zones and not necessarily getting open when he was covered man on man. So I wonder about his ability to separate. And my other big concern is the drops. So he had a 10% drop rate in college, which is not good. You don't want to be dropping one out of every 10 balls that goes your way, especially when it's just a concentration drop. I mean, he has the size, he has the speed, he has long arms with big hands. It's really just a concentration thing. So he needs to work on catching the ball with his eyes and with proper hand technique. Uh, I do believe that's something that you can coach up, but that's probably my number one concern. And then other than that, just not having the all 22 is really difficult to see how he was on his routes. But if you're just looking at him in terms of physical traits of size, speed, length, athleticism, flexibility, and movement skills, like off the charts. I was watching him and just like amazed at how flexible like his, his hips were and his ankles were and just the way that he was able to run and the angles that he was creating. It was pretty crazy. So that's Christian Watson. They have him ranked right at right around 100, 104. Um, some people are saying he's going to be a fourth rounder. Some people say he might be the second rounder. He did have a really good senior bowl, so who knows? A lot of people are saying, you know, reuniting with Trey Lance, which I kind of like the idea because I do really want somebody like a Christian Watson, a big body downfield threat. You know, someone where it's like, hey, we're going to stretch the field and you better cover this guy because our guy can get it to him. And he can get it to him 50 yards downfield. So I really like the potential fit. Uh, my only question again is, can he separate? Because I unfortunately didn't have all 22. If you have some, let me know. And is he able to correct his concentration drops? Cool. And the other guy from NDSU, um, real quick, I'll just go with the, the Babix guy, tight end. He's listed as either a typically most places, either a seventh rounder, undrafted free agent. Uh, he has the size at like 6'5, 6'6, 255. He looks the part. 
Uh, he looks like he's more than willing to block. He plays inline blocker. He played move tight end. Um, I didn't see anything that wowed me. The one thing that I will say that's positive for him, he has the size and he seems to have the willingness to run block. And when you're 6'6", 255 pounds, and you want to run block, that will pretty much win you a lot of run blocks. So maybe we throw a seventh rounder at him if he's available there at the end of the draft. And uh, if we do, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe it works. But other than that, didn't really see a whole lot that really wowed me. It wasn't like he was pancaking guys. Uh, it wasn't like he was making a whole bunch of crazy catches. Uh, he just kind of looked solid, and I would expect somebody. And here's the thing is, if, if you're playing at NDSU, you should look dominant. And he didn't look dominant. He just looked solid. So, I don't know. We'll see. I could be wrong. Uh, we'll see if and how he tests uh, at combines and pro days. Uh, you know, again, maybe it's worth a sixth, sixth, seventh rounder or an undrafted free agent signing, uh, but he didn't wow me. Uh, Cordell Volson on the other side, he wowed me. And I loved uh, watching Cordell Volson. So let me pull up his East West Shrine because I. I think that he has the size. I think that he has the length. He came in at 6'6", even, 319 pounds, with 33.68 long arms. So, height, check. Weight, check. Arm length, check. You know, you're checking the boxes. You'd like to see a little bit longer arms, but... You know, over three, over 33 inch long arms, that'll work. Now, what I really liked about Cordell Volson, dude's mean. He is mean. He is a physical run blocker. He wants to block you into the dirt. He is strong and he looked dominant. He dominated just about every rep. He had, he did not allow a single sack in the last three seasons. I will repeat that. He did not allow a single sack in the last three seasons. And he has played almost exclusively at right tackle over the last three seasons. He played two games at right guard last season. He played two games at right guard and uh, two games at left guard last season. But other than that, he's played about 85% of his snaps at right tackle. We need a athletic run blocking right tackle who's physical. This is perfect. This is exactly what we want. Cordell Volson, uh, he's in like the top 150 on some draft boards. I love him. I think if he's available fourth or fifth round, I think that that could be a perfect fit depending on how Mike McGlinchey's rehab is going. So, you know, if we need some right tackle depth, let's get a guy who played three years at right tackle, who's a really good run blocker, who's really physical, who's a good pass blocker, and I think that he can hold up. Uh, the one concern that I had of his, and this is fairly common with just college tackles, is it looked like he was didn't quite have the lateral mobility and agility 
uh, to handle like an NFL speed rush around the edge. Uh, so he might need to be work on, he might need to like work on his footwork or his hand technique a little bit, but in terms of like anchoring versus a bull rush, winning the rep, run blocking, Cordell Volson looked awesome. And I came away from watching that film, very impressed by him, loved Cordell Volson. So, uh, and then finally, uh, Tennessee offense and Tennessee defense. So let me make sure here, I'm going to go to my YouTube, look at my videos and make sure that I've got every video here. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee, Kentucky, ASU, ASU, Bama D, Tennessee, uh, Penn State, NDSU, Cincy, Cincy, LSU, uh, perfect. Yeah, I think I got all of them except for Tennessee offense and Tennessee defense. So this is going to be the final one. And then we're going to get out of here. I appreciate you for listening along. And I think what I'm most likely going to do, honestly, is cut this podcast in half and just release half of it. And uh, then post the other half uh, later. So on Tennessee's offense... We watched right tackle Cade Mays and wide receiver Vellis Jones Jr. Now, Vellis Jones Jr., if you watch his highlight videos, he looks like Debo Samuel, the way that he is able to break tackles with speed and strength. Um, really, really fun highlight video. Great returner, good, good after the catch, all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it didn't show up nearly as much in the game that I watched. And this wasn't his best game, but it also wasn't his worst game. And I just, I kind of left unimpressed with Vellis Jones Jr. He ended up having 800 yards of the season, uh, 13 yards per reception, seven touchdowns. He had 16 force missed tackles, only three drops, so apparently good hands. Uh, it sounds like overall he was really good. Unfortunately, I just didn't see very much in the film that I watched. Um, he did measure in a little bit smaller at the Senior Bowl than we were expecting. He actually measured in at 5'11", 203, so... Again, kind of similar to Debo, just not quite as thick and strong. Um, he did look really good at the Senior Bowl in terms of like releases off the line and some route running. Unfortunately, I just didn't really have a chance to see it when I was watching the film. So maybe I'll have to go watch another film, like him playing against a different team. But overall, I just I wasn't really all that impressed. And it wasn't like he was going up against an elite defense. Like, Kentucky is solid, but Kentucky doesn't have any, like, highly drafted corners or anything. He just, he wasn't very effective in the game that I saw, which was disappointing. And I tried to watch him. Uh, I would encourage you to watch the video if you want to check him out. Um, I definitely point him out, but unfortunately didn't really see anything. Uh, the other guy on Tennessee offense that I did watch though was Cade Mays and Cade Mays is similar 
to Cordell Volson in the sense of he's a right tackle who is strong, physical, good anchor versus the bull rush, uh, good run blocker. He's got good size, uh, a little shorter. He measured in at the Senior Bowl at 6'4", 320 pounds, 34-inch long arms. So while he might be a little bit on the short side for a tackle, I think you can make that work, especially since he has the over 34-inch long arms. Um, what I, what I did notice though, is that watching Cade Mays, I think he's probably going to be a guard in the NFL. Now he has played, let me bring this up here, Cade Mays, and he's not ranked super high on PFF draft board. They have him ranked at around 200. Um, but he's played all over the offensive line. So this year, he exclusively played right tackle. Uh, the previous year, he primarily played right guard. The year before that, he played right guard. He played left guard. He played left tackle. He played center. He played right tackle. So he's played all over the offensive line. Uh, but this year, they put him at right tackle. He might be able to hold up at right tackle, but it was similar Watching him, the issues that I saw with Cade Mays were similar as they were with Cordell Volson in the sense of he seems to be missing a little bit of that lateral agility to and mobility just to, you know, cover those speed rushers around the edge. Uh, again, good anchor against the bull rush. It looked like he was a good run blocker. Um, and I liked his film. I think he's a guy that if you're going to draft him, he's probably a depth piece. You know, he's ranked in the two hundreds. I think he's probably a little better than that. I would probably put him at, cause like 200, what is that? Like 200 divided by 30. You're talking, you know, like what seventh rounder, sixth rounder or so. Um, I'm not great at math, but you know, 30 times five is 150. So he's, Sixth, seventh rounder essentially is what they're saying. I'd probably put a, I'd probably put a fifth round grade on him. I think, uh, I don't think he was as good as Cordell Volson, and I think that it's more likely that with Cade Mays you try him at right tackle and then you fail him in, if that makes sense. So if he doesn't work out at right tackle, he's probably going to be a solid right guard and. I think that might be better fit just because lacking the lateral movement, I think he's better. I also think he might be more of a power lineman than a finesse lineman. And if we know Shanahan is going to be sticking with the outside zone, then he's probably going to want more of a, uh, a mobile offensive tackle. So that might not be a fit, but I did like Cade Mays. I thought he played very well. Um, I was a fan. I would probably draft him uh, if it was if it came down to it and he was available and it was up to me. And, you know, if, if need meets draft position and all that kind of stuff, if we needed a, a right tackle as a depth piece and we're sitting there in like the fifth or sixth round and he was there, I'd be like, all right, yeah, let's take him. I think he's solid. You know, fill a need. I think he would fit. Uh, nothing really, again, amazed me. And he's probably more likely going to be a guard. But 
I think he's somebody who can develop into, I think he's somebody that you can develop into an offensive lineman. I could be wrong, but he looked solid. You know, he looked good. And finally finishing up with Tennessee's defense. There was two players that I watched, defensive tackle Matthew Butler and cornerback Alante Taylor. Now, what's interesting is Matthew Butler had a reported great East-West shrine. He measured in, uh, let me see here, B-U-T-L, oops, B-U-T-L, Matthew Butler, so he measured in at 6'3", 299 with 33-inch long arms. And he looked like the perfect three-tech. Like, he looked like if you built a three-tech, uh, like, he looked like that perfect kind of physical profile for a three-technique. Unfortunately, the game that I watched, he didn't have a good game. And I was fairly unimpressed. Uh, I will say... That according to PFF, this was the game that I watched against Kentucky was his second worst game of the season. And if I go and watch a different game, like his game versus Pitt, uh, he had a 90 grade, whereas this game he had a 57. So take that as it will. Um, Point being is that when I did watch him, I was very unimpressed, uh, but I also apparently watched the worst game of his. So I'd be curious to watch one of his better games and see if I get come up with a different answer. What I will say is it was strange watching Matthew Butler because everything that everything that he did in terms of trying to win, it was a lateral move. I never saw him fire straight off the line into a guy. It was always a lateral move left or right to try and like just move laterally and then shoot the gap uh, or move laterally and then attempt a pass rush move. So it was weird that you only, it was weird that every single time it was like a lateral move off the snap versus just firing straight off the line and trying to win with speed or power or some type of move. It was a lateral move and then try and, you know, hit the gap. I don't know if that's how they teach it there, but it was just, it was, it was strange watching that or if they were like stunting the line that way or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just, I left very unimpressed by Matthew Butler. On the other end, Alante Taylor, I came away loving. Alante Taylor the corner out of Tennessee, he was hashtag fun to watch. Um, Alante Taylor measured in at the senior bowl at six foot one ninety six. He is the kind of corner that wants to get in a fight. That's the only way I can explain it. Every single rep, he was jamming a guy after the rep, he was talking in their faces. He was, when they were run blocking, he was flying down, hitting guys, shedding blocks, diving at tackles. Um, his coverage wasn't always pretty. And there were times where I was like, man, that's ugly footwork. 
And then there was other times where I was like, that's really good footwork. And he does a really good job of mirroring and a really good job reading the zone. He had a pick six in the game that I watched versus Kentucky. So that tells you something. But my favorite thing about Alante Taylor was just so physical, so physical. And it was like every single play, he was pushing, he was shoving, he was running in there, he was hitting guys, he was throwing shoulders, getting in there and just making his presence known. And you don't always see that in a corner. And I loved it. It was so fun to watch. Um, I think that... I think he is going to get drafted and he is going to be a fan favorite and he is going to work his way onto an NFL field and he is going to have an NFL career. I don't know what position he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but the the physicality, the mentality, the aggression, uh, the attitude... And the physical profile, he almost looked like a safety. And I think that might actually be his best position. He looked like he was pretty good at matching. He wasn't the best in coverage, um, but he looked like he was comfortable jamming guys. He looked like he was comfortable playing the run. He looked like he was comfortable coming down to make a tackle from coverage. He looked like he was comfortable weaving between guys. Uh, to come in and make a hit. If I look up uh, his PFF grade, he has an 85 run defense grade, which is like near the top of the chart in terms of, um, yeah, in terms of just like how good he is, like 90th percentile, 95th percentile for corners, a good coverage grade. And he's played well at Tennessee for a couple of years. I mean, he had one touchdown and two interceptions this season, and he only had a 70 passer rating allowed. So, plus he's got a couple of years of experience. I mean, he played 820 snaps this year, 430 with the shortened COVID year last year, 660 the year before. So, he's got experience. I love the aggression, the physicality. I can definitely see that there's probably some times where he gets tricked or he just isn't able to stick with a guy. I think if he works on his footwork technique and just kind of clears up the inconsistencies. So there's just a couple times where it looked like he was tripping over his own feet. Um, but other times he looked really good and that's why he might be better at safety. He might be better at slot. Um, I really don't know what position he will play, but Again, what I will say is really fun to watch. He shot up my draft board. Um, if you tell me he's the 200th best prospect, I will say I bet he's better. And if you're asking me if I need a depth corner at some point in day three, he is definitely somebody that I am keeping my eye on. Um, I would definitely put him above guys like Jack Jones, Um Chase Lucas, I'd put him above those guys. Um, I don't know how I'd compare him to Cordell Flott. Uh, I think he's much more physical. He might be a better fit for the Niners. Um, but overall, just really liked Alante Taylor. So um, I believe that's all the prospects that we've done. And with that being said, this went on way longer than I expected. So I'm going to cut this in half. I'm going to post the news one. 
and then I am going to cut this into thirds, um, or at least cut this in half, so that way we've got a, a couple pods that'll come out, um, but in general, um, even though this was over an hour of me talking about draft prospects, it was a condensed version of the roughly 10 hours on YouTube that you can go watch. So with that being said, it's late. I'm going to get out of here. Like, comment, subscribe. I love you guys. I'll catch you later. Go Niners.